whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, the podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is a Helen Hayes-nominated performer. It's Mary Myers, everybody! What's up? Not much. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. Happy to be here. I think I just said your name kind of derisively, and I don't know why. (laughs) I I didn't notice that it was derisive. That's a weird... I was changing tabs, and it just... It came out of me. (laughs) No part of me felt offended in the naming of myself. I thought it was quite nice, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that is, in fact, my name. Right. But I have... There are people we both know who are going to text me like, why do you say Mary's name like that? You're so rude. And, <laughs> and I'll be like crying in the corner. Right. Like, no, it was <laughs> you hear fine. it later. It was Look fine. at that. It did sound rude. Oh, it did sound rude. <laughs> it's terrible. But you're here to talk about... Songs for a New World. A new world Beyond, this podcast has been going for almost, by the time this comes out, this actually might be our two-year anniversary episode when this comes out. And it's never come up? It has never come up! I swore when I started this was going to be in the first ten podcasts, the ten albums we talked about. Yeah. I swore. This album came out when I was 17, was a senior in high school, everybody I knew had it, Mm -hmm. and sang the crap out of um, Stars in the Moon, basically, (laughs) was the song everybody (laughs) sang. And I've heard more people sing Stars in the Moon at recitals than I ever need to again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just thought this this and like Les Mis and a few others, I'm like, these will come up real fast. You are the first person to even mention it in your list of shows. That blows my Which is my why I hopped on it mind. when you said, we'll do it. Like, yes, I've been ready for two years to talk about this show. How did Songs for a New World come into your life? I mean, like every self-respecting white girl who was in <laughs> high school in the early Putting 2000s. Putting white girls on blast. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, Jason Robert Brown sort of blasted into our lives. Like we're talking, I mean, I was a junior in 2005 and that's really when I think about this album coming into my life because mm-hmm. that was what, uh, 10 years after it had yeah, eight come to ten years. Out? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, when did Last Five Years come out? 2003. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Last Five Years, blew up we were all like oh man who is this guy his songs are so challenging but they're so meaningful and relationships and i'm so about this journey so (laughs) long oh my gosh i sing with my voice teacher i worked for a really really long time on i can do better than that Mm -hmm. and it's just the it longest song. It takes it's a journey. The longest it's a song, very long song in the history of time. Yeah. Um. But so then you know, come two thousand four, two thousand five, right. we're all like, okay, well, we've exhausted that album. What else does this <laughs> dude have? And then we all started listening to songs for a new world. Mm-hmm. And I, it was so funny re-listening to it in preparation to talk about it today. I became better acquainted with the songs that I just skipped. Like yeah. There are a number of songs on that album yes. that I find really problematic and that either because of the fact that they didn't speak to me when I was in high school or by virtue of the ways in which I still find them problematic, mm-hmm. I just skipped them. I don't think I've listened 
to all of She Cries mm. since the first time I heard really? the album. Yeah. See, I wonder if it's a a function of our different gender identities that mm-hmm. I skip like, I can't say, that, the Santa song. Oh, Sarabaya Santa. Sarabaya Santa. Yeah, I always screw that up. Which is, um, I just learned a, a Kurt Vile Yes, rip. it's yeah, a Kurt yeah. Vile, but the whole thing's a Kurt Vile yeah. riff. And um, it be partially because it is essentially uh, take one step at the North Pole, mm-hmm. but also it just like, it, it also a lot like the Schwul song, which is hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so damn long yeah. that I'm just like, I don't have to, I would much rather hear um, Christmas Lullaby, which I think is the next song, mm-hmm. than, uh, than this. I just don't want to listen to it again. It's got some good stuff in it. But before we go any further, because it's interesting about problematic stuff. There mm. is so much problematic in this show. Yeah. We will get to it. <laughs> but really fast, how would you, you can't, it doesn't have a plot, so there's mm-hmm. nothing to summarize, but how would you summarize, like if somebody said to you, what is Songs for a New World? What would you say? I would say it is people singing through the emotional experience of life-changing decisions. That's good. That's very good, Mary. Thank you. I <laughs> promise I didn't even practice That's that. Good. Just That's came out good. whole cloth. Because you're right. It's base. That is the conceit, anyways. It's a song cycle about change moments of decision mm-hmm. basically that's that's not a hundred percent true if you really like give it a close yeah. read but it is basically what what this show is about um and it's got what 15 songs in it 16, 16 i think 16 songs in it um i'm gonna pull the song list up on my phone because it is much faster that way on this. my sweet 2005 I was gonna say, ipod it says me 16 your, tracks your 2005 iPod. It's so old. I couldn't um, believe that it turned on. I was like, ah. That bums. is impressive. You took very, you take very good care of that. Mm-hmm. If it like, if it still works. Yeah. And the charger <laughs> that I had to use to charge right. it. Right. Uh, That's two connectors ago. Yeah. 2008. Yeah. I think is when I bought that charger from my first iPhone. Sure. And all of them still worked. It turned on. Good it for still you. played. Look at that. Still you went. Got it. Mine does not. Mm-hmm. It did not. I should say, because I then got rid of it because it. Did not. Did not plug in. No, I left it plugged in for 24 hours and nothing happened. And I thought, well, that's... That's it. That's dead. It's given um, up the ghost. It has. Yeah. That one had... I mean, I had one. 2005. Yeah. Color iPad. That was the one I discovered that MP3s could carry artwork. <laughs> because some of yeah. them... I just ripped all my stuff. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, whatever software I was using to tag stuff would occasionally automatically add artwork. And then, like, so on my iPad some of them would have artwork and some wouldn't and being anal retentive i couldn't stand that so then i had to go through all of my mp3s and add artwork where appropriate oh no yeah oh i then i now have software that lets me add release dates to everything do i have five thousand mp3s yes do they all have release dates on them yes they do <laughs> yeah i didn't sleep for a week oh it was a long time <laughs> it was a long time and i couldn't stop doing it it's terrible but that's not why we're here so but it could be it that could, could take be. a long time <laughs> You're right. Let's unpack this. <laughs> let's really let's dive let's deep. dig into my MP3 tagging. I was playing with groupings for a while. I have problems. So <laughs> this show came out in 1995, but the album came out in 97, which is why I say that, and was basically like a conglom- a collection of songs he had written for other shows or one-off cabarets or bits that he and Daisy Prince went through his catalog, Daughter of Hell Prince. Yes, and 
just sort of picked the best songs. He then wrote, I believe, um, the opening sequence and the closing song for this. Okay. To kind of tie it all together into a, or at least rewrote. I don't know if Hear My Song was in or not, but like he certainly like gave it a coherent shape because it does sort of have a very coherent yeah. sound to it. Um, then it ran off Broadway for a little bit. They recorded an album, which does not, it's not called an original cast album because it does not contain the members of the original cast. Um, three of the four, the African-American actor, whose name I cannot quickly find. Um, oh, Billy Porter. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. I'm glad I found that because there are people right now, again, screaming at their face <laughs> that I didn't know Billy that. Billy Porter. Um, so he couldn't, he was not available. So they recorded it with a different vocalist. Oh. Um, and the, but the other three actors are from the original cast, which is why it's called the world premiere recording and not the original cast recording. Is that why the cover is just the three it's just white three actors? Them. That's exactly right. I That's always why... thought that was so strange. Yeah. I was like, it's not like it's a 20 person cast. Nope. It is a four person cast. All of them should be on the cover and of this album. That's why. That makes so much Hilariously, sense. Hilariously, the most famous person in the cast, future Tony Award winner, <laughs> Billy Porter, not, not featured. Not I've never heard cast. Billy Porter sing King of the World. I'll bet it's great. I would very much like to now. Well, yeah. so because they also just came out with a new cast album for this yes. show. Because uh, they did it at Encores. The Encores production, I mean, well, there was a production of this with Cynthia Erivo in it, which I would... The 2015 at the St. James in London, uh, Cynthia Erivo oh. was in it, which I would have loved to hear that recording. That sounds amazing. Um, but... Yeah, and and the the new one has like Shoshana Bean and Colin uh, Donnell. Like it, it's got it's got a great cast. So you know, I saw Shoshana Bean. She was the alphabet that I saw the first time I ever saw. Wicked. Oh yeah, yeah. So I guess she like was the second to step into the role. Well, and Man, she and uh, JRB are going to be doing as a one night benefit. They're going to be doing uh, last five years. <laughs> They're going to be doing the vocals. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sings on this. Did you know that, Jason mm. Robert Brown? He, he sings the last verse of Hear My Song. Listen to the song that I sing And trust me We'll be something new every that's, day that's what i'm here for <laughs> this is what it's all about um and he plays piano on the album which you mm. may you may have known yes um but so yeah so there's all these songs we're just going to talk about them in whatever order they come up uh, there isn't there's kind of an emotional arc to the show sort of but it's not like it gets more intense or less intense there's some interesting thematic stuff mm -hmm. that kind of happens, which I which I find fascinating when you like dig into it. But basically, we have four characters who sing kind of on recursive themes. They keep popping up on the similar theme. So, like we said, there's this <laughs> a character known as Woman too. Um, <laughs> sings three uh, her three big songs: Just One Step, Stars in the Moon, and um, say it again: Surabaya, Surabaya Santa. It's going to happen a lot. And also, uh, Flag Maker, 1775, are all songs about, yeah, um, older women who are married, uh, 
either reflecting back on their life. Actually, they're all reflecting back mm-hmm. on their life and sort of dealing with the moment in right now where you've just one step. The woman's on the literally on the, on ledge, the ledge over Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Um, because her husband's not not a good guy. Uh, Stars in the Moon is about a. They're also all I think wealthy or at least well off. Maybe not yeah. wealthy, but they're all they're all affluent, comfortable women of means. There we go. With yeah. the exception of the flag maker, who well, is... but she's at least in a house. Like yeah, you get this. She's not, not in the de- ditch. She's not in the ditch. Exactly right. Um, and they are Stars in the Moon is a, but a woman reflecting on all the past suitors she used to have and what she wanted. Uh, and uh, Sir by Santa is basically one step just one step but it's mrs claus and um flag maker is about a woman in 1775 knitting a flag while her son and probably husband are both off fighting in the revolution and she uh and you're closed your eyes and shaking your head so let's talk about flag maker 1775 i would say that for me that is one of the most triumphant songs on the album when the man's in battle and the baby's rattle only makes you more depressed the wise woman does what she knows if it's fighting she fights if it's sewing she sews when the tension inside overflows and goes too far one more star one more stripe to escape your lonely bed one more star one more stripe join the blue the white and red one more star one more stripe as you pray your child's not dead I, I I think it captures so well the spirit of that specific woman while also making it a universal experience of a song. Mm. Like she is singing so much about what it is to be in the Revolutionary War and to be a woman who is stuck at home because her, I agree, totally agree, mm. her husband and son are out fighting and she is alone and she has very limited opportunities in terms of what she can do to contribute to the war effort and like she's very much there. But it also to me feels so much about like the emotional burden of being a woman like, mm. We are going to put you in this box and this is what you are allowed to actually do, but bear this gigantic weight of right. the love you have for your family and the people you brought into this world and nurtured and her desire to still want to do something. Something. Like, and something ha- useful. Yes. I mean, not, not just like something, not to keep her mind off it, but to help them in some capacity. Yeah. She's just unable to accept she can knit a flag. Like she's... And actually would be not only allowed to do that, but that would be appreciated. So she can, yeah, contribute in some way. That's true. That's fun. I will say the second half of this album, I don't know as well as the first half. Uh, I'm the other way around. Are you really? Yeah, the first half I don't know as well as the second half. I think this is an album that I like threw on a lot in the car on Mm -hmm. CD. Mm -hmm. And then like, like I say, the songs are long. And so you'd get like three quarters of the way in or two, I mean like halfway in and then I skip over to like King of the World and then I, which I always listen to and then I was like, ah, take it out. That doesn't really make any difference after that. Um, because, yeah, and this is, a, there is a moment here, like the, these songs at the end, like I Give It All For You, Flag, Flag Maker, Baker. Flying Home, have a sense of closure to them. So that's why I say like it does, and, and those two, Flag Maker and Flying Home, 
or literally about war, you mm-hmm. know, is the, 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 the mother knitting the flag and then flying home is a soldier who has died sort of ghost I was about to say ghosting which is what he's doing <laughs> basically the basically literal he's doing. ghosting um, and he's you know his body is flown home and he's he's sort of disappearing um, have you ever seen this show? no neither have I I would love to I, all, I found myself <laughs> so often when I was young listening to it that I would make up the scenarios mm-hmm. which I sometimes found was more fun with the songs. Well, you can absolutely do that. I mean, the Wikipedia page has a description for each of them. Some, some of which I found, I, I sort of went, really? Um, Me too. Well, like the river won't flow. That was one. Which the Wikipedia page describes as a pair of derelict swap stories about woe and ill luck, concluding that for some, bad luck is just fate. I left my home at 15. I wore this very same coat My mama said, son, if you stay on the path You'll find a river full of money where the rich fish flow I said, I'll catch me them fish And I searched low and searched high Well, I seen more water than Columbus had seen I found me this lake that was greener than green I said, mama, I know this is what you mean But when I bent for a sip, the river ran dry Now the river won't flow for me, no, no, no That second part of the sentence is true, but like, it doesn't have to be like two hobos. Yeah, it can be a Wall Street banker. Right, it's just two people. Right, thirties, and this is terrible. This is just what's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so yeah, it, it it doesn't. There's a lot of these songs you can kind of put wherever wherever you want because mm-hmm. the location the time period none of that is specified except in two songs very, very specifically, specifically yeah <laughs> the first one being on the deck of a spanish sailing ship 1492 yep yep which also think is super interesting that like we've got the one actor of color singing a song about i don't the spanish sailing ship i don't get it i don't get it i don't get the specificity no because it's not like 1492 was when Columbus left to sail for the new world. Like, so I get like that year being kind of new world ish, mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound like an explorer. I mean, cause there's babies being born. It's mm-hmm. like, this is families setting out on a ship to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and for it to be so specifically a Spanish sailing ship, but a super gospel-y <laughs> song drives me crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I need to see if the fruits will be worth the cost. So I'm begging you, Lord, you gotta stop. Take a look at your children who believe in this promised land. Have mercy, Lord, and stop their suffering and their war. Shine your light on these children who have faith in your guiding hand. I'm just begging, Lord, because there's no place else to go. I am unworthy, Lord. I had actually, I'd forgotten the name of the song, and I was re-listening to the album. And again, yeah. you know, the songs you skip, I, I skipped this one. Yes, probably so did I. in my yes. youth because I found it problematic and... 
Now, I just had forgotten that it existed. Right. And I was like, surely they don't open with a song about bringing slaves to America. Right. Like that, that can't be how this album opened. And then I looked at the title and I went, yeah, what? now I'm more confused, right? What? Now I'm even like, now I don't know what, because it's more Pilgrims, it feels to me. Even, it's too much. I mean, you can't, the Pilgrims and Gospel do not go together, <laughs> aesthetically speaking. <laughs> but it, it being something like the Mayflower or going to Richmond County uh, Colony or mm-hmm. something, like that makes a lot more sense to me. As people, explorers, sure, but settlers making a very hard journey. That's what it feels like. It feels like, yeah. Yeah. And I like the point of view of the captain begging to be like, you know, I I get, well, it says here in the description on the voyage to an undiscovered country, which sort of implies they just set sail and picked a direction. Like, I mean, land eventually, probably like, we'll figure this out. Uh, Like super, not what Columbus was trying to do. And also would not like no responsible captain would (laughs) be like, we're going that way. I don't know what's there. We'll figure it out guys. Don't worry about it. Put some babies in the hall. Right. How much food should we pack? I don't know. Figure it out. Like, I don't know what six days. I don't know. How long does it take to cross the ocean? (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to stand right here. I'm going to sing a song. You all literally never done this. (laughs) This is day two of the journey. It's just like, this isn't any good. (laughs) I don't know where we are. I don't know where. I don't know why we brought all these pregnant women who were in their third (laughs) trimester. It was a very bad idea. Good idea, especially with the infant mortality rate and the amount of women who die in childbirth at this time. This was a terrible, terrible (laughs) idea. But let me sing this song about it. That's going to open the show. Oh, it's beautiful in its construction. And I also I was thinking about this listening to it again. This album is Jason Robert Brown's like love note to discordant harmonies oh my god harmonies that just come at you and they like great past each other and then open up into a beautiful chord that you expect even though this is his first show or maybe because it's his first show because after this it was parade and then last five years and then 13 and then bridges of madison county and and uh uh, urban cowboy which people often forget about um Uh, i had (laughs) don't it's important it's part of the canon you this and he I mean the man has a sound mm-hmm. and he has a style and like as most accompanists will tell you do not bring jason robert brown to an audition no because accompanists will hate you um that all having been said i think this is the most jason robert brown he is in his career like this is all the stuff oh, yeah. you make fun of him for the songs are seven minutes long the chords are bananas mm-hmm. the tempos are all over the place and the vocal parts are gorgeous so hard. but who in the world can sing this like this is yeah and it feels like which is kind of what it is it feels like somebody showing off mm-hmm. which is what i mean it's a collection of songs there's no reason he shouldn't show off he yeah. doesn't have to like the score doesn't have to have like kind of a, a theme to it in the way that like parade or, or even last five, five years, years which yeah. is a lot more like this stylistically still has kind of a coherent sound to it and yeah. interesting, you know, orchestration for that. Um, and like the couple of songs that stick out in last five years are very purposeful in the way that they yes. stick out. But yes. the whole album does sort of have like, this is a cohesive The score sound has a flow to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and there are distinct characters, like two very distinct characters on a journey, which is not what we get here. No. <laughs> at all. But we do have, I mean, each character, like you say, does sort of have... A flow to it. And I'm interested to know what you thought. Like, so you say you skipped She Cries. I did. Because you you said it was problematic. What do you mean by, first of all, problematic? And then tell me what you think is problematic about She Cries. 
I like Jason Robert Brown, and obviously it was definitely, as I said, part of the pack of girls being like, oh, last right. five years. But he has a particular hard-on for men who make choices that I find repugnant. And he sure. has a desire to save these men, lift them up, to give them a lot of mic time. And for me, I'm like, mm. oh, I'm just not terribly interested in hearing that man whine about why he made the bad choice that he did. And... I like She Cries so much more if it's a little bit twisted and it's actually about a father and his kid. If it's like the desire to stay through a person's tears. If it's just a man sort of weeping through his relationship and talking about the the reasons he feels inclined to stay but the desire to leave. I was listening to it going, are we supposed to buy that she is emotionally manipulative are we supposed to believe that she is well the she troubled i will f- first confess that i just realized we're not talking about the world was dancing oh which i also have problems with. okay good <laughs> we'll get to that in a second we'll get to that in a second but i think it's a more beautiful song but okay so now i have to recalibrate because my none of my defensive positions work because they're not they're not true <laughs> about the song i don't have as much to defend with she cries i will i will I, she to me is plural i feel this is yeah, she writ large. So. This is not th- this is not talking about one specific person. Though the Wikipedia page says otherwise, which I thought was strange and weak. Oh, of the, the song. woman he is in love yeah. with the whole time. Oh, see, not disagree. Hard hard disagree. Hard, me hard too. Disagree. I was like hard pass. Yeah. Also I, hard pass on their description of what um I'm not afraid of anything is. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Let me let me freeze on that one because yeah. like I have all yeah, I got lots to say about all these songs. But like it, it's the, the chorus being she cries, you want to hold her She lies, and you want to run away But just give her a minute I promise you're in it to stay She smiles, and you'll stay forever She screams, well, that's the price you pay But there's no one can make you forget how you feel For all she can take, you've got more than steel So you don't mind a bit of a surprise And she cries I I do see what you're saying I like like it being phrased as mic time too Which is a good like, yes And the I don't have any way to defend this song. I really don't like because all I want to talk about now is is uh is um uh the world was dancing, which is again, it's the same song. Same song. It isn't exactly, and like I, I it's dismissive of me to say that Surabaya Santa and I got it and uh, just one step are the same song, but they are both high comedy, broad performance, uh, piano riffy. Mm-hmm. songs about women yelling at the man they are married to in a way where they are the they are borderline buffoonish mm-hmm. but the situation is so heightened that it is just a comic basically yeah. they're both comic relief numbers and they're sung by the same actor and at the same part in the because this is a two act show, I yeah. Mean, so it's, at least it's structured that way. You could do it as one performance, but it's structured as two acts. And like, Surabaya Santa is the second song of Act Two, and Just One Step, well, is technically the third song of Act One. Uh, the opening sequence and the Spanish sailing ship are one, like the numbers slam together, yeah, They're virtually a medley. So it is basically the second song of Act One, and 
so to that end, they are essentially the same thing. And that happens a few times. This is one example of it. Which, yeah. And and also, I always think there's a better number. One of those two numbers is, is superior. And I would say in this case, with She Cries and The World Was Dancing, The World Was Dancing is a much better better song and a better lyric, a better story than She Cries. Mm-hmm. Um Though they do, I will say I can I can defend the, I can defend it a little bit when I put them together because the character that is being drawn there of the man who is I don't know what he is. I mean, how would we describe man too as he is as he is referred to? Oh, man too, the white man, the white the, the white man. Uh, I I think man too strikes me as the guy who's sort of perpetually unhappy, but can't fully identify what it is that is making him unhappy he strikes me as the man who was promised like this is the thing that will solve Mm -hmm. your pain and he keeps doing those things and saying ah how odd my pain is not fixed and i'm like yeah which is what (laughs) now the world was dancing i get I, i really enjoy the characters the journey and the the inertia and the fear it feels very 90s Mm-hmm. To me, it feels like a very, it's kind of rentish, not in its tone, but in its uh, subject matter. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you're right. The character is unhappy. Why? Because. Uh, yeah. Like they're lost more than anything else. Yes. And, but they're also, the thing that can make them frustrating and the thing that actually makes Jamie in the last five years interesting to me, because you're right, Jamie's not a good guy. Again, I don't think he's supposed to be, but that's a show with a character and an arc and a development. So we have time to like, that's a different arc. That's a different thing to discuss. To make a decision about him. Exactly right. You're supposed to. He's doing things and you're supposed to react to to what he does. This character being kind of a loose character and actually three or four characters um, in the world was dancing. His problems are inertia. Like he just sort of doesn't do. He doesn't do anything. Do anything. Yeah. The world is dancing. And he's just like not doing anything. And he like dates this girl and then he doesn't go home and then he cheats on the girl. But then like the girl, le- the girl he cheats with leaves. So it doesn't he matter. doesn't have to tell anybody. And then like they get engaged and then he has a moment of panic mm-hmm. because the actual interesting story is his father who does this really interesting thing of quitting his job, opening a store. Taking a big risk. Taking a big risk that then literally burns down in front of him. Yeah. Which is another reoccurring theme in the show. Daddy lost his shirt out in Pittsburgh as my sophomore year rolled round. Well, he had hired some schmuck that he knew from the war. And one weekend he left him in charge of the store and he burned it to the ground. And then I met this girl named Lisa on a couch at Alpha Mu. But then she transferred to McAllister So it's just as well that Amy never knew Tomorrow we'll be free, my love We'll never be afraid And we were dancing Oh, the world was dancing And um, he, uh, it all burns down, and he, like, the son has this, the line, you know, I can't, this can't be right, because dreams get burned down overnight. And, Mm -hmm. like, he has this moment that I think a lot of people have of, like, I have been sitting still 
for X number of years and I can't do it. I can't like, and now I'm faced with this Fisher cut bait moment of like, I'm going to get married. Like, no, yeah. I'm not. And he just like ghosts again, everybody, everybody ghosts. I'm just going to keep saying that <laughs> the men ghost. And so it's a, it's a, but it's an interesting story in that sense of like, to me of, of an exploration of a character and also of the, the female voice in it. This, the refrain over and over again of tomorrow will be free. Mm. My love which has an interesting which are very interesting words for the for him to feel trapped and with the female voice who we don't know who that is it could be his his fiance it could be his mother it could mm-hmm. be somebody else entirely saying tomorrow will be free like what is that what is tomorrow you know it's very ethereal so yeah like that that song greatly interests me um because it has a lot of the best songs in the show to me have lots of specifics where you can't, like the minute you think you have it figured out, it it doesn't it doesn't let you off the hook with like how specific moments in it are. Like I mean, this is in Pittsburgh, and he goes to college in Pittsburgh, right? Or where does he go? He goes to Princeton. He goes to Princeton. That's right. And talk, like he's saying, like while the Pirates beat the Orioles, which is so specific yeah. to like what t- especially because if you know baseball, it's National and American League. Back then, there was no interleague play, so that's the World Series. So you know, like literally where you are in life, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's so it 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 grounds it in a really nice and real image, but it also gets kind of muddled in moments. It's 1979, by the way, is the is the year of that song. Oh, um, it's when the Pirates beat the Orioles in the World Series. <laughs> Uh, but there's also moments of problems. <laughs> Most of the problematic moments for me, probably because I'm a guy, um, come when the race element comes into it with songs like Steam Train. Oh, yeah. Which weirdly ties, for a long time, I thought Steam Train and the World Was Dancing existed in the same universe because in Steam Train, the father of the main character burns, burns down a building yeah. built down a house and in world was dancing the fire father h- hires a schmuck he knew from the war and one day he left him in charge of the store and it burned it to the ground mm-hmm. now it's not the same person but it's a weird repeat image like for mm-hmm. somebody to burn a building down like so i don't but anyway but so like the, the moments that i get uncomfortable are spanish sailing ship because where are we? <laughs> I know. Like, and who and, is and singing? Who is singing this song? <laughs> who's who's captain? Because then I also ship? thought, without the title, I thought that song was about like. For one point in my life, I was like, "Oh, this is a song about like." There's been a rebellion on a slave ship, and now these people have a ship, and like, what are we gonna and do? Where do we go? Like, yeah. and we can maybe sail it, but like, what direction do we point? Where do we go? Like, we need literally land to appear out of nowhere that's empty. Mm-hmm to be free and like and that also makes sense to me with like another baby's born and like things like this this is a ship that is not meant to be in this position but the title refutes that and especially because the captain the the person who is singing the song who we Mm -hmm. presume is some sort of captainy type um he he seems to owe or feel that he owes a great deal to the people on the ship as if they think that they are going somewhere specific and it is his job to deliver them to that specific place, which is like super not what explorers are doing. Right. Charting pathways and they're trying to figure out how we get to specific places. We're not like going to this place. Right. It's very confusing. That song presents many, many questions for me. And some really beautiful harmonies and some really It's a beautiful song. Work. I mean, it's a really beautiful song and it's I wonder what it its original purpose was. 
Like there's a few right songs in this show, the show. Right. Like there's a few songs in this show where you can go, oh, I can see that as being part of it. Like She Cries could be part of another show. Yeah. Very easily. Oh, that's the character, the main, the song the main character sings about the ingenue, the, the middle of act one. Yeah. But where does On the Deck of a Spanish Sailing Ship live if not live awkwardly if not. here? <laughs> Uncomfortably. If not part two of song one. Definitively. Yes. At the beginning of this show. I yeah. truly don't know. Yeah. I'd be interested to know how and why he wrote it. But I agree with you that a lot of the problematic elements of this play, I think, come from... I think one of the overarching issues I have with this play mm. that is nicely broken down into issues of race and gender roles is the idea that very few people feel liberated in the choice. A lot of the choice feels like it is a choice made because desperation has pushed me to this choice instead of like I am taking ownership of a choice that I can make. It feels like a lot of pain which I, I guess oftentimes we are forced to make choices because of painful situations that we need to get out of. Okay, so let's talk about two songs then real fast yeah. specific to what you just said. The first being Steam Train. Submitted for your approval The creature of basketball The man with the muzzle and the man with the moves Submitted for your approval The man is too fast to fall The man who can hustle and the man who can fly Who always is hot when it's time for the shotness And any time you want me at all Any rhyme or reason Brother, I'm the brother you call to play Spring or summer, winter or fall Any time or season Catch the boy who's moving the ball away It's called the steam train coming down the track Better watch your step, better watch your back I mean, the Wikipedia is right on. Teenager from a poor neighborhood in New York boasts of his future of basketball. His bravado is undercut with a spoken monologue revealing the disadvantages he's determined to overcome. I don't know about the undercut, but like, <laughs> he's he's very honest about who he is. Yeah. And it starts and ends with this, the saying, you don't know me, but you will. And it's a great, it's a fun song, but some of the specific racial issues, I'm not sure if they're inaccurate even. They just feel the word I'm looking for. They feel very rote. Mm-hmm. Like very, very expected. Formulaic. Or formulaic. Like, there this, we go. This That's is a good the character that we have seen a hundred yeah. times. A young black man in poverty who is pulling himself out because he has this skill. What's that line he has like? You don't know me. There were 12 boys in my fifth grade class at Sojourner Truth. Four of them are in jail. Six of them are dead. And Gordon Connors works at Twin Donut on 125th Street. You don't know me, but you will. And, I, and that's the end of Act One. Too. <laughs> yeah, well, that is the end of Act that's One. That's a hit. I mean, that's a like you know, intermission, and you're just sort of yeah. Which is why I don't know if this is an intermission <laughs> show. I really, I, I really don't. But the, the I want to stick on this because then to go to a, I'm not afraid of anything, mm-hmm. which is a song you said earlier that you had problems with. No, I oh. well, yes, I have problems with that song, but vocally I have problems with. That oh, song. okay. That All song right. is. So hard to sing. It mm. is written almost entirely in a 
breaking point of a voice, which just seems very unfair to women who are singing that song. It is high. It is like, but weirdly high. It's not like just turn on the soprano and whip it out. It's got a lot. But well, it does like, go up. Yeah, that's true. It starts high. I mean, never. Co- and actually, I will say, I can see the like the when she goes when she goes high with the never saw the coming of the challenge, never saw the yeah. piano play all this. <laughs> I can see that being that's at the top of that performer's range. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, very clear to me. And when she hits, she hits it on the recording. I'm not besmirching the recording at all, but I can absolutely see there being nights where it just didn't go. Didn't there. Didn't happen. Yeah, because that is a. That's an intense, and it's at the end of the song. And she does it again with the repetition of I'm not afraid of anything, the, like the sort of defiant I'm finale. I'm not afraid. You're so like, whoa. Here's go, my girl. question about that song. Uh-huh. Though. What is happening? <laughs> I have always thought that that song is about a person who has been told that she is going to die. That's exactly what I think. Duh! That's exactly what I think. One hundred percent. Oh my gosh, yes. That's that's beautiful. I read the Wikipedia only, and I was like, "This is some crap." It's, it's, it's the whole thing of idea. like, but it, it's also more than that to me. It's not just that she's been told she's going to die. She is is or is at least. I always view it as somebody who is terminally ill. Yeah, terminally ill. And has a diagnosis that she's living with. She clearly is a mother. And she has children, which she talks about, which, I mean, I love all the imagery of Jenny's afraid of water. I mean, she swims so well, but still, she's afraid of water. And so she won't go near the sea. Not me. And Katie's afraid of darkness. I mean, she sleeps and all, but still, she's afraid of darkness. So when the lights are out, she has to hold my hand. I don't understand. I'm not afraid of anything. Be it mountains, water, dragons, dark or sky. I'm not afraid. Where's the challenge if you never try? So watch me fly. I'm not afraid. Um, but when she gets to the part about David, who I assume is her husband, and she says, Never stop the calling of the challenge, blessing on the water and the stones, and David loves me. He's afraid to tell me. David loves me. He's afraid to trust me. He's afraid to hold me. And he'll always be. He's afraid of me. There's, there's clearly something terminal. That she's, yeah. that, and that she's trying to because the ending is so manic it feels to me like yes it, like I'm convincing myself that everything is afraid, yeah. fine I'm yeah. not afraid of anything right. I'm going to go out there I any challenge that could be presented to me I'm going to overcome it it's going to be great I hear the calling of tomorrow and I feel the stirring in my bones but then every time she thinks about David it's crushing yeah. and that was something for me that always struck a particular chord in terms of being terminally ill because every time 
I have lost somebody who was terminally ill. That was always the phraseology they would use. It's like, yeah, I'm afraid to die. But the thing that is ripping me apart is watching you. Yeah. Watching you deal with this. Mm -hmm. And so that always struck that very particular note. This is what this song is about. It was always what I saw in my brain. And then just for poops and giggles last night, I go on the Wikipedia. Yeah. And I'm like... A young woman reflects on the fears of the people she loves and comes to realize how they have held her back. I don't see that. No, not even a little bit. You could interpret it if you wanted to, that her, the David stuff is about the fact that he doesn't love her. But then the word afraid is wrong. Yeah. He's afraid of me. I mean, that's the thing to me. He's afraid Afraid of me. and that's that is the yeah. crescendo note where you're like, oh, girl, your voice, let it fly. Yeah, and she, and then like, yes, we we just discovered flipping through the lyrics. Her mom is afraid of crying. You know, she tries to hold it in, but she's afraid of crying. And she can look at me with tears stuck in her eye. And I don't know. This is absolutely somebody who's dying. dying. Absolutely somebody who's dying. Yeah. Wikipedia is wrong for the first time. I'd be like, super. <laughs> Never happened, <laughs> Never happened before. before. It Break it on this podcast, time. February twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. We found it. I. <laughs> I don't understand that song. And and that's, I think, one of what going back to the thing I was saying of the moments in the play that I find frustrating and the recurring themes mm-hmm. I find frustrating. I don't necessarily think all of these songs need to be as like stuck and desperate, but I think it's easy to make them feel stuck. Oh, sure. With the possible exception of our woman, woman one, whoever sings uh, Just One Step. That's woman two. That's woman two. I think woman two is left with very little movement. You got into this. this, The the reason I started talking about this was you said that most of these characters are forced into a decision. And that's why, like, the steam train is is not. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things you can bring up in the show that are thematically twisty, but they don't, it doesn't ultimately hold true. Yeah. Which is why partially why i think the show works because it doesn't try to stick to it's like guns on any one particular theme yeah. but it's also why if you look too closely it doesn't really hold together that yeah. well but like i'm not afraid of anything is a is a song about a woman making some decision for herself yes now if she is terminally ill obviously that's been put upon her but that's different than as you i totally agree with your woman two assessment where who is a woman who is trapped put upon and yes. she's like i mean the decisions that she makes and again, I think as we talk about the themes that don't hold true across the board, for me, some of the moments that they don't hold true are the strongest songs in the show. Like, I think I'm Not Afraid of Anything mm-hmm. is a great song. Oh, yeah. And I think The Flag Maker 1775 is a great song. But for the other characters that Woman 2 takes on, it's my husband has been crap, and so I'm going to throw myself out of our yes. 57th and she does story I mean, window the and, thing yeah, and she like, does the best comedic moment in the show which I when the first time I saw somebody do Just One Step I thought was amazing because again an advantage to these songs all being two years long is you can have a joke like halfway through like in Just One Step yeah. where, take one step one time step and Marie one small step adios just one step honey you better hurry oh yes I better give up Take it from me, old Marie. Here I am. Whoops. Almost fell, Marie. The mother of your children splattered across Fifth Avenue in a bloody heap, Marie. And it's all your fault. You 
That's a really good joke. But the problem is, at the end of the song, theoretically, at least in my head, like she's holding on the whole time by one hand. She lets go to yell at him and then like, oh crap. Yeah, it's falling. Like now I'm falling. And that's played for a joke in a way that makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm serious, Murray. Murray! <gasps> Which I think is why it feels so stinging. Because, like, with the flag maker, you say to yourself, yeah, it, right. it's, it's the 18th century. Brutal that yeah. she doesn't have more choice in what she's going to do. But even she acknowledges early in the song, she says, you know, the wise woman does what she knows. If it's fighting, she fights. Right. If it's sewing, she sews. So even she is open to the possibility of a woman fighting. Yeah. It's just not really the world it's in which her. she lives. And it's not her. I mean, and it's yeah, not her. It's not her. She can't fight. Yeah, but the other reason. three women that this actor takes on feel very like... Well, see, I would older. I maybe stars in the now. Moon that's is a why, bit yeah. That's where I want to swing into stars in the yeah. moon. Yeah, I think stars in the moon is you could is the same problem as just one step and Sarah by a Santa, but approached with agency. Mm-hmm. Now it's yes. not great agency, but because her goal, as she states from the beginning, is to find a man who is rich. <laughs> that is her only goal. Yeah, and she encounters all these men who offer her the stars and the moon and the stars to get whatever like these long list of things that always start with song and the stars and the moon it is like craft wise very well written song and you know she encounters these guys who are free spirits and who are reckless in some cases like there's the guy who left his, left wife his family and kids in Portland Portland on on a whim. i'm always like I'm, anybody else feel bad for that wife and kids <laughs> i'm over here going don't go with this what's going on here buddy now he doesn't get any mic time but he's another terrible white man yeah and are. so <laughs> right there it is but then she encounters this guy and i said to him what will you give i'll give you cars and a townhouse in turtle bay and a And you'll meet stars at the parties I throw at my villas in Nice and Paris in June. And I thought, okay. And I took a breath. And I got my yacht. And the years went by. And it never changed. And it never grew. And I never dreamed. And I awoke one day. And I looked around, and I thought, my God, I'll never have the moon. It is a beautiful moment to me of reflection Mm -hmm. in the sort of when this show like in in the same model of i'm not afraid of anything um of this sort of like self-realization kind of apex character moment but the problem is 
it's all character. men. And it's it's all, all men, but it's also a sur- But that's okay in isolation. Mm. Like that's the thing to me. Like it's okay in isolation to have her have its agency, but it's problematic wants and it's this, that, and the other. And but if that's the only instance of that for that character, that's interesting. But it isn't. It's one of four instances of that character. It's the least problematic of the four, and that's not great. Like that's a you know that's a uh, yeah that's a low bar to clear, and, yeah. and you're just clearing it. So yeah, but that is the one. I mean, that's the song I've heard. I think when I went to Catholic, two thousand one, the seniors recitals mm-hmm, I saw. Mm-hmm. I swear I saw it sung twice in one day by two different people. <laughs> yeah, it's. I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. That I like because I think it was I the first time wrong. I heard the song where I was like, "Oh God, that's a really good." song like i wonder what that's from you know and then like did another recital later in the day somebody else i knew and i was like huh <laughs> and it's the same arrangement like it's the same like nobody's doing anything yeah nuts with it but it is like oh all right and then you know proceeded to hear it 40 more times by, yeah you know, over the course over and over and over again probably a two-year period right. hearing it at it least 20 can, times i'm still hearing it it's yeah. just it can, it just keeps flying because uh, it's a great character song but vocally what it asks of you is not obscene i was gonna say it's the least Probably the least challenging of the women's songs in the I think show. So. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, I'm like a true alto. I've got some mezzo. I've got some height. But I, I can sing that song just like I wake out of bed. And I, right. And you I wake sing. out of bed. Who says wake that? Out I bed. roll out of bed. You wake and out. I can sing that song. <laughs> I would I love to see that image. Stars out of bed. in the moon. And you get the words just about as right as I just did. I'll give you stars in the moon. There we go. Right. Give you hope to bring out something to let you, you grow. Go. Right. It's the O's. The O's are always there to it save holds. you at it the holds. end. It holds. We get it. Right. That's right. We just, yeah, we were saved. That's what happened just now. Uh, but she, she strikes me. And that's it for her. Like, those are her songs. Yeah. I want to, like, make it step, very clear. Step, Sir, just one step. Then into Stars and Moon, Sarah by Santa, and Flagmaker seventeen seventy five. She does go out. That's a good exit. Yeah, that's a really good exit. Her, like, yeah, th- but the, I think Flagmaker seventeen seventy five is it's about her family and it's about the choices she can make. This is a bit tangential, but I promise no, it will come back. Hit it. One of my students told me that her school was doing as their shows Bye Bye Birdie and the Women. Like those were their two shows sure. for her, and I said, "Wow, I find that upsetting." Um, mm-hmm. And all I could think of, Robin Williams in the birdcage drinking the wine. You're upset, right. but let, let me, me tell, tell you why. why. <laughs> <laughs> like, the reason it upset me so much is, I said, "Those are very old school ideas of feminine power." Yes, it's women only have power in the ways that they manipulate men. Yes, and my struggle with her first three songs is that the power or the potential for happiness that she has rotated around the men to whom she would attach herself. Sure. And with the... It always... It, I mean, all four of them do. Yeah. Like you say. Yeah. And I think for... Uh, oh my... Is he Man One or Man Two who sings on the deck of a... Billy man One. Por- man One. Billy Porter. <laughs> man, Billy Porter. Um, man One is also only powerful in the ways he can overcome being black. It feels Ooh, like. Ooh, that's interesting. And it's, it's like, for for me, both of those characters, I'm like, you have more power than that. You're not just power because of like, look at me being right. bigger than this racial identity or me bigger than the man that I'm with. Right. And it's like, I want to see the decisions 
that are bigger than that. Sure. Given that you're an older woman and a black man, which are characters that we don't often let sing on stage. Especially in something like this, yeah, like that would be which would just be a bunch of white people and and like and the the and young women and young young men, men. men like yeah. that's what you'd get. Yeah, before we let's close out woman two and move on to man one because yeah. I, I think that's a good idea. I, I think that and I, I come back to my original point, which I think that if her third song wasn't Surabaya Santa, I don't think this would be so bad. I agree, but I think that she since. She, if one, if the first song is about the fact that she's trapped in a loveless marriage, the second song is about the fact that she's trapped in a loveless marriage, but it's kind of her fault, mm-hmm. and she regrets that. And then the fourth song is that she's in a loving marriage, but she's been torn apart by the world. Those are three desperate, disparate ideas that are all kind of on the same theme. And if her third song was something more independent, showing, I don't know what. But like it was something where she had more agency, more control, and was maybe the result of her having like extricated herself from a bad situation that she found herself in and was now taking charge mm-hmm. in a sort of I'm not afraid of every, anything type empowerment vibe. We wouldn't consider the, the, the character to be kind of flat yeah. in that sense. But since her 75% of her songs are in this bad they're all in the in the bad vein one of them though at least she's in a loving marriage and it's the world that's insane mm-hmm. and 50 percent of her songs are the same song i i think that that's that's bad yeah like that, that's the reason that she shake. doesn't have yeah a kip to it now i mean the defense of it and the reason that i think it works is because the the two like sarah by is a banger like it just like it, it's, it's a funny. funny fun song with you know this like i say sarah by johnny being the the Kurt vileness of it all, but it's, and has some very funny lines in it. Like, I mean, what the hell? I'm not even German, but like, <laughs> which I, I didn't know it was. It's a, a yeah, it's a Kurt vile joke. Like, oh, right. That's great. I like it. Who died and left you God, Mr. Claus. I think that's funny. Yeah. But like, I also love like super respect the fact that it's like, it's Santa Claus. Yeah. Like we're not like, again, this is where the show gets specific and it's really interesting that yeah. like, it is definitely Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. It comes up again in man one in king of the world where for a long time i thought it was jesus and then like no he mentions jesus like it's not he's not jesus he's somebody else and it's so it it doesn't tell you who he is exactly but it like gets you into specifics about that but like you said what you just said was really interesting was that all of man one's songs are about the limitations of his race and his songs are Deck of a Spanish Sailing Ship, which we've we've talked about enough, but like, who the hell knows what that song's about? Yeah. So we'll just move on. Uh, the River Won't Flow, which is a duet. Which uh, if he's a, I think it's a lot more interesting if he's a Wall Street banker. Right. That song, we'll come back to it in a second. Yeah. I'll, I'll list these off. So he does that, he does that. He does um, Steam Train, which is absolutely, and King of the World, and Flying Home. So you're absolutely right with steam train mm. like that that is 100% what his song is yeah if you stage river won't flow what are his lyrics in river won't flow i never had me no house i never had me no phone i never had much that i didn't have to go and buy for the right to call it mine i don't expect any help I don't expect nothing free It's not about being any righteous man It's not about God and the master plan It's not about doing the best I can No, this corner is where I was born to be Cause the river won't flow for me No, no, no The river won't flow for me No, 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 no 
for me. I have to say that I find that like my problem with River Flow starts right at the beginning. Oh, right from the top. <laughs> with with what Man Two is saying about the fish and like all oh, I I don't quite like I get it's the metaphor of the song mm-hmm. that like we have to introduce this idea of like the river, but it I I don't I don't. I don't know who these people are, like, and I don't care. It's that weird thing of yeah. like, you've lost me from the beginning. This is one of the songs that I always skip because, like we say, this is sixteen disparate numbers that don't really have like a, a score connection. Mm-hmm. It's Jason Robert Bound kind of at his least creative to me. Like, yeah. it's a very rote, basic song. Do and, do 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 do, and you're and, like, yeah. I've heard this song, before. and it just, and even when it gets like, it goes to the turn, and you have the the interesting uh, bridge section, sort of like it, it just doesn't, you know, begging to switch with a rich son of a bitch, you know that, like, like it just, it feels very like fine, like don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, and it fits nicely thematically, be- like not thematically, but like musically between I'm not afraid of anything and stars in the moon, which are two very downbeat or very serious numbers at any rate to have like i get it we need a bouncer here Mm -hmm. i just didn't i wish it was something else (laughs) i get tonally why every song is where it oh sure it's structured like a really good album like the album moves yeah. yeah very nicely but there are certain songs where i'm like you wanted this thing here and you said this thing will fit and so it will be here exactly right it does but some are just. It fits enough. Than I mean, the thing is, it, it works. It works well enough. Yeah. And that's not. That isn't. That isn't great. Uh, I want to go skip over King of the World for a minute and go to uh, Flying Home. I'll hear you call me. Just like before, and I'll be flying. Again, another gospel song. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. I'm noticing something I don't really care for. Ah, you don't say. <laughs> it's so funny. What's so funny about this show is the minute you start to line these characters up, like you don't necessarily notice it when you're listening to it going through yeah. because of the way it's broken up. Like I say, it's structured around. really well. But if you line these songs up next to each other, patterns emerge. You know? like, ah, it seems like the like black I'm... man is impoverished and singing a lot of gospel. And then you go, yeah. this causes me to pause. <laughs> Which is now this is the best gospel song oh. in the show yeah. of the three. <laughs> of the three gospel songs. <sighs> um. I mean, whatever, but, uh, and it, it is beautiful and has, and has a lovely gospel turn in it at the bridge where it breaks into the carry me on, say the words, lift you in the, like that is a, yeah. it feels very appropriate. Um, but he's dead, but he's dead. Yeah. And it, I also got nothing because this is a song. Honestly, I would skip every time. I don't like, I really think I stopped listening to this album after I give it all for you. 
not now, but like when I was when I yeah. was in my twenties. I think like I give it all for you is 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 where I get off. That's, yeah, that's that's my exit. Because Flagmaker is beautiful, but it's not for you as a singer. It's not for me as a singer. Absolutely right. And then flying home is what, and the, and then it's over. And here my song is a great song. Like it it, is. it's yeah, a very yeah. nice finale. But yeah, I'm I'm done. I want to go back to the top because the song he sings third every. So we've talked about two of these characters, and we're going to talk about the other two. But so far, everybody's got pretty much four songs, and one of them's a banger, and three of them are a problem. Yeah. King of the World. It's a great song. Once upon a time, I had fate in my hands, and the confidence of a million regimes. And they said, brother, you're in charge. We'll follow anything you say. Once upon a time, father said to me, child, you are everything that you see in your dreams and i thought jesus that's the key there are no walls surrounding me there are no prisons in this life let me out of here give me back to the wind let me out of here let me please see my son let me out of here don't you understand who i am i'm a king of the world chief of the sea in the wind, at least I try to be an I'm a king of the world. Please set me free. I had the power and the promise. Give me back my family. And a powerful song yes. for a young black man, which is a really awesome thing yeah. to see. And we're talking like 95. Damn, yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And it is just, and it's so what does Wikipedia say about King of the World? A man. In some form of prison, yes, either literal or metaphorical, fine, mm-hmm. demands that he be freed and returned to his rightful place as a leader of men. Okay, yes, literally that's what it's about. But it, what makes it so interesting to me to parse it, aside from the fact that, like, I mean, you start with that opening piano riff. Which is great. yourself a favor if you've never done this look at it sometime like go find the sheet music to that and like look at that and it is an amazing it's amazing that sounds like anything like when you look at what your hands have to do that's incredible incredible scoring um also the funny part that he wrote it in a lower key because he wrote it for himself to sing and when he does it live he does it in g i think i think it's an a maybe maybe b flat I don't know what key it's in in the, the show, but it's high. I mean, it is a, mm-hmm. it, that, that song has a huge range from low to high. Um, but the imagery in it seems to span time. Yeah. Each verse seems to be about a different period in time. To me, it feels like it's a song about a continuing struggle of imprisonment, which is, now that's interesting. Yeah. Like now, okay, like racially that's an interesting thing because i've never heard that discussed that way before like that like every single song if it's a different period in history the one freedom being you know the one recursive element being i'm in prison Mm -hmm. or i'm not allowed to do exactly what i want to do i'm held back in some way and i mean all of the imagery in that song it just absolutely knocks me down and the, the how the pleas get more and more um, 
intense with the let me out of here. Like, I mean, the first one's let me out of here, give me back all my dreams. The second one's let me out of here, give me back to the wind. Um, let me please see my son. Like, there's just, you know, and I love the don't you understand who I am mm-hmm. or at least tell me what I've done wrong. I mean, it is this like, yeah, it's a, oh my God, it's it, such a good song. That song feels very much like it is, he is facing a real struggle that he reasonably could have faced either like a you know as god love the wikipedia is the metaphorical jail of just right. being <laughs> limited in potential or the actual jail of being imprisoned right but that he still feels powerful he is mm-hmm. aware of what he has like i have done nothing wrong i am carrying the beautiful weight of my ancestors and right. the previous experiences like that is what i, I wasn't challenging the system i was working for the people i just wanted to be better i mean it's just like yeah it's great. And it had, I mean, and it with the lyrics of I'm king of the world. Yeah. You know, chief of the sea, high in the sky, the best that I can be. I mean, these lyrics are, it's kind of steam train on the other side. Yeah. It's the like, it's the potential. The steam train is all about the potential of like what I'm going to do. This is like, these are all the things that I have done and I am. I am king of the world. It, and it, it, it's. I always wondered if it was like a vague Martin Luther King Jr. reference, like king of the world it has it's very biblical i mean it has a lot of preacher-esque biblical this and it's for not being a gospel song it's probably the most religious yeah um and it has like that's why i say like it's it's the the sort of specificity of him saying once upon a time father said to me child you are everything that you see in your dreams and i thought jesus that's the key there are no walls surrounding me there are no prisons in this life let me out of here. Give me back to the wind. Let me out of here. Let me please see my son. Let me out of here. Don't you understand who I am? It has that very, like, all that religious imagery, but it's important that it's specific that he says, Jesus, that's the key, mm-hmm. to be like, I'm not, whoever this character is, this is not a deity. Like, this is a man. This is a person going through a thing. But, like, the irony of that line, like there are no prisons in this life, let me out of here, mm-hmm. is just a an, an incredible, incredible thought. But it's also a song that like, so I I mean, I will listen to this song on repeat. Yeah. Many, many times and go into a quiet room where nobody is and sing it very loudly. Um, that last I'm the king of the world, that that note. Oh, my God. That yeah. is just if that doesn't stir your soul, I don't know what's I don't know what's wrong with you. Speaking of which, and I'm sure you've encountered this. There's a way people sing Jason Robert Brown music. Yeah. You just made the I'm face. Yeah. Ready. <laughs> I'm singing Jason Robert Brown. and I'm coming. You at don't it. think I can do it. But, but I, I can, can do, it. do it. Right. And then you prove that you well, maybe you can. But, <laughs> but you, then you are you a rare right. beast. <laughs> I mean, his songs are so hard. They're just but they're deceptive. Challenging. I mean, that's the thing. I think that like the reason his music is eternally listenable is because they don't. It's a lot like Sondheim. They don't sound. Hard. They don't sound hard. They sound good. Yeah, <laughs> and they sound complicated in a good way. You're yeah. like, oh wow, this is interesting and complex, and there's a lot going on, and I can totally tackle this song. And then try, and don't just try by yourself, but try in front of people to get all the notes right and convey all the emotions. Yeah. And where, like, I think that where this, now this is obviously, again, I will say Jason Robert Brown's first show and is the most all over the place. It, he got very good later at learning the difference between 
complicated and impossible. Yes. There's a few songs in the show that I think, and this is one of them, that kind of border on impossible. Like, how in the world am I supposed to get? This is my next to last number. It's the middle of act two. And this is what I have to do? Yeah. Like, that's really, really tricky. And you see that sort of improved thinking that I can do better than that. Yes. Is the end for Kathy. Yes. It's like, yeah, this song is brutal. It's not as brutal as this, but as, or as uh, King of the World, but like it, it's hard, but do it. And then you did it. Well, and also, and then like we say with last five years, the characters, the, since the characters are running in reverse, the intelligence to say like, well, the finale has to be the finale. So that like Kathy's song is super uplifting. That's easy. She's on her first date or whatever it is with Jamie. But like Jamie's song also has to have a, a high push to yeah. it. And so when he sings goodbye, that has to go somewhere reverse that the opening number being Kathy's at the same moment as Jamie's like high has to be low and slow and not give her a lot to do vocally because she's got a hundred minutes in front of her of some pretty intense vocal acrobatics yeah again she has to somewhere to go and it does seem like he learned the lessons of that and that is something that I think Sondheim had the advantage of first working with other composers Mm -hmm. and learning that like oh right like this has to have like you have to do that also learning from oscar hammerstein but like he he had more experience by the time he wrote his first score to be like oh i've got to give everybody time like there's practicalities involved on top of the dramatic ones um but he certainly got there and if you get to a score like bridges in madison county which um, i don't know at all it's really good score I have a lot of problems with the story to Bridges of Madison County, but he didn't do that. I was going to say, but that might not be That's his fault, nothing to you do see. With him. No. Um, <laughs> and I think it, it, it actually, the, the, the show that it reminds me of the most, which is interesting because the sc- they don't sound that similar. It's more in the structure and the quality of the music is Light in the Piazza, which oh, I don't know if you know Light in the Piazza. I do, yeah. Um, it, it, those two shows slide together really nicely for okay. me. Kind of unconventional love stories, ca- female characters in impossible positions making hard choices okay interesting i I, ha- I would love to see bridges i've never seen it i would really like to to know how the book fits in with the music and lyrics a little bit yeah because i don't love that book came out the novel i now mean sometime in the late 80s early 90s i was young when it came out it, it, it was everywhere like it, bridges of madison <laughs> county was a huge hit of, yeah. a, of a novel and then a, a movie with Kerlin Eastwood and and, uh, and um, Meryl Streep. And I've always sort of been like, so this is a story about a guy like a like a, she's married and, and he's not. And they have they have a relationship. And then like he leaves. Like, that's what this is about. And then her husband comes back. It's we- like it's weird. And the, the musical didn't do a lot to alleviate me of that. But this, it's got some beautiful <laughs> songs in it. And it's Kelly O'Hara. Like, what do you what do you want out of life? Okay, you, shut you up and take my more than Carrie O'Hara. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Uh, but so, so that's man too, and like that. That song's a, like, to me. I I could listen to King of the World all day, and sometimes I have. <laughs> and then just wept quietly and, in the yeah. corner. We've right. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, At least I used to be. So powerful. Oh, it's so amazing. Anyway, it's such a great song. Woman, uh, yeah, Woman One. I I like Woman One. I feel bad for Woman One. I yeah, and not in like a. Oh, I feel bad for woman one because I think a lot of the stuff that she sings is so hard. Well, she only has, I'm now noticing, she only has one song in act one. Yeah, it's just I'm not afraid of I'm not of afraid anything. of anything. She sings, I mean, the group number, like the opening song, obviously, group number as is uh, on the deck of a Spanish sailing ship has some pretty intense backing vocals. And I think that, yeah, River Won't Flow has some as well. But 
she sings something called Transition One, which is not on the album. Uh, but like her song is I'm Not Afraid of Anything. Yeah. And that's it. And then in Act Two, she sings Christmas Love. She only has three songs. Well, she sings World Was Dancing, but. Kind of. Kind of. She sings the backing in that. Um, she sings Christmas Lullaby and I'd Give It All For You. So I think she has the best songs, <laughs> like percentage-wise. Oh, 100% agree. Yeah. Hard agree. Like, least problematic. I love Christmas Lullaby. That's a song I didn't find till I was older. Oh, so, uh, see, I used to skip it when I was younger, and listening to it recently, I was like, oh, this is actually quite beautiful. I'll never have the power to control the land Or conquer half the world or claim the sun I'll never be the kind who simply waves her hand and has a million people do the things I wish I'd done but in the eyes of heaven my place is assured I carry Very, very beautiful. It's a gorgeous, and that is, again, important that, like, it's called Christmas Lullaby for a little while. I thought the character was the Virgin Mary, but she explicitly says. Like, talks about She like talks the about, Virgin Mary. Uh, like, and yeah. Um, so what do you think's going on in that song? I recently had, like, a new thought about that song um, yesterday, listening to the recording. But what do you think Christmas Lullaby is about? I was sort of. I always sort of imagined that it is a woman who is pregnant, um, but like for some reason she shouldn't keep the child. Like there is something in her circumstance that people around her are like, don't, Mm -hmm. don't have this child or that like she is expected to feel shamed for having this child. And instead she is overcome by the emotional experience and potential that her body has in what she can bring into the world, which is an entirely different and beautiful person. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I, so I always thought it was simply a song about a woman singing about the fact that she was pregnant. And there was some some circumstance in her life that made it inconvenient. But mm-hmm. now it's sort of like listening to it with the comparison to the Virgin Mary, which is super weird in a, in a lot of like that's a weird thing to compare yourself to because you're not a virgin. Uh, Presumably. I, I got stuck. Right, exactly. Theoretic, right? <laughs> Let's see. But like I got stuck on that. And for so then it really thought to me of like this is a young young woman yes young woman who is pregnant mm-hmm. and i mean like teenager who is pregnant and you're right it basically then thought like it that is her her response in discovering she's pregnant isn't terror mm-hmm. which i think would have been her but how she thought she would feel it's actually great joy yeah. and wonder at the fact that like this is going to happen in her life and um, it feels a little I mean, this is just because I went to super Catholic school. Oh, and so did I. Hit it. Thinking about sex was supposed to make you feel yes. like garbage. It's and a sin. Feel bad and think bad. George Carlin always said. Because that's what they taught us. It's what's in your mind that counts. Your intentions. That's how we'll judge you what you want to do. Mortal sin had to be a grievous offense, sufficient reflection, and full consent of the will. You had to wanna. 
In fact, one was a sin all by itself. Thou shalt not one. If you woke up in the morning, you said, I'm going down to 42nd Street and commit a mortal sin. Save your car fare. You did it, man. Absolutely. It was a sin for you to want to feel up Ellen. It was a sin for you to plan to feel up Ellen. It was a sin for you to figure out a place to feel up Ellen. It was a sin to take Ellen to the place to feel her up. It was a sin to try to feel her up. And it was a sin to feel her up. There was six sins in one field, man. Oh, thank God, what a lost man. Uh, Especially if you're Catholic. There's a lot of great stuff from George Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really has a, has but yeah, a beat no. on that. He did. Oh, yes. But I think there, there's something about like she has wound up pregnant and you don't do that on your own nope, unless you sure are the Virgin no. Mary. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there is no mention of where this baby came from None. for her. None at and all. And so there to me is always sort of this double-edged sword with that song of who is the guy and are are you taking this positive spin because this is what you've been told your worth is like I am incredible because I can have a baby instead of I am incredible because I am capable of anything by virtue of just being a positive strong See, that's interesting person. yeah it's very there's I mean there's just a lot of religious right um imagery throughout the whole show which is super interesting well and it's an interesting it's an interesting juxtaposition um to be right before king of the world because like her lines, I never had the power to control the land, conquer half the world, or claim this. Like it, it's kind of the inverse of King of the World, yeah. where it's like where that character is claiming dominion over the sky and the sea. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, that's not me, and like I can't wave my hand and have a million people do things I wish I'd done. Um, yeah, I, I, you certainly could read it that way, and it is the failing of young Jason Robert Brown that. And and you could argue actually even up into last five years that his characters who weren't white men have huge blind spots uh, because he's a white man writing for people he's not. And that's yeah. – it is a <laughs> unfortunate side, side effect at best. Well, and also because he's not working with a book writer. Like I think there's the, the thing of like yeah. he's creating the character. He's doing all the work. All the work. And – this thing that he might think of is like, no, no, no she, it's beautiful. Like she's created a life and isn't that amazing? It's like, but where is she finding her value? Is it in simply in the fact that she is able to do that? And that's what she's been told mm-hmm. she's able to do. Um, I think it, but what, what I find very interesting about it is this sort of defiance tone of that. Yeah. And it's the like, because it, it gets, when it gets to the end, I think is where it actually gets good, is the lines of like, And I will be like Mother Mary with the power in my veins to believe in all the things I need to be. And I will be like Mother Mary and I'll suffer any pains for the future of the world for the future of the world inside of me 
that is a like there's a defiance in that of like no like I'm gonna do this like yeah. this is gonna suck but I'm gonna do it because you know like that's that's the I'm I'm gonna have a child and I want to keep the child and that means this is what I have to put up with to do that and so I'm gonna do it yeah and there's a defiance in that resolution that I think is really interesting which connects very nicely to um, I'm not afraid of anything it's a much quieter defiance then i'm not afraid of anything yeah but it is the same sort of thing of like i this is gonna this isn't gonna be good this is my choice and right. it's not going to be and it's not gonna be easy smoothest road i've ever walked right. on but it's and what i'm doing a lot of people who don't like it but yeah. that's what it is and i will deal with it and which i think goes back to what you were saying of like she has the best songs i she think does. her songs are great percentage wise <laughs> because yeah because they are all possessed of agency it's not mm-hmm. a binary choice that is brought about because of pain. It's. But so then what's going on in I give it all for you? <sighs> Maybe I just forgive. I'd give it all for you because it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I took a trip while I was gone. I cashed in all my savings and bought an El Dorado. Drove to Tennessee. Took a trip while I was gone. I drove across the country and I stopped at lots of diners and stared at a million stars and thought I could touch the sky. And I tried to believe it. It was better without you. I was finally free. Maybe you caught me, and I just <laughs> like it, and so I'm like, yeah, it's sappy, but it's because I think oh, it's I, super sappy. That's not bad. But I give it more credit because they're doing it together. Because it's sure. not like she is not saying I have to do this for the man. It's we are doing it for each other. I oh man, the bridge. <laughs> it's, it's just it's a great song. Which are you talking about? The mountains to conquer. Yeah. To cross. There were mountains to conquer And I stood on the shore And I stood on the cliff And the second before I jumped I knew where I needed to be oh, I gave it all for you I gave it all for you By my side once more oh, I gave it all for you I gave it cause it's hard I love you too much to trust something clearer. I know I fell too far, but here you are. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm here for this song. I. <laughs> I love it. Unabashedly, I love it. I think the the end of this album is strong. Oh, it's, it, it's, it, it, it's it runs. A, the fina- it runs to an ending. It, yeah. it does a really nice job of it. And gives everybody... But what do you think is happening? This is the song that staging-wise, I'm most interested in. Every single time. This and King of the World. Like I, I think the, there's the staging problems with King of the World are fascinating. But this one, there's a billion different ways this scene could be going. And... 
they're all valid text like you can text base them really simply because like the wikipedia page just says like two lovers are reunited which is certainly true mm-hmm. two pair of former lovers reunite and wikipedia is knocking it out with this article <laughs> a pair of former lovers reunite after attempting to live without each other now this that i might take issue with mm-hmm. at least tonally uh but what do you so where like in your mind where where are we i think when i think about this song i mostly think about like how i would stage it yeah yeah and less like where the the characters are in their storylines like but i mean no physically like where are we yeah Yeah. that's my yeah yeah i I think it's we are we are sort of rotating around each other and i think that we are in liminal space i don't think it's like a we don't have the budget for a revolve mary oh well then why am i even here (laughs) it's in my rider it's like there's a there is some sort of outcrop on the stage be it like a dock that comes out or it is a a staircase of some sort and we as the two performers are sort of moving around the space and a away from each other and like explaining outwardly why we made the choices that we made and then we find ourselves in the same spot but we don't notice each other until the end like oh, that's it's, interesting. it's okay. always out it's like you're mm-hmm. you're singing to the other person while you're making the decision it it reminds oh, okay. me of the gift of the magi sure it's like i did all of these things for this other person without actually connecting to the other person and then i touch base with that other person i'm like oh my god you did the same thing for me mm-hmm. that's sort of how i i see the song physically you know my problem is with gift of the magi there are so many her hair is gonna grow back <laughs> yeah but that watch is gone <laughs> that's what i'm saying like i get it but yeah yeah it's, it's a <laughs> those combs will be useful at some point in not future. too long from now probably yeah anyway different story um <laughs> Uh, it's great gift of the magi is an infinitely referable uh ironic reference so i get interested in i go two ways with this song about who left mm-hmm. part of me goes the 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 version that seems to be truest to the characters we've been establishing through the show is that he left and that means that I have it in my head that he is singing. He has come back to discover that she was fine without him in in like a way. And like, so the lines like I had a house while you were gone a week after you left me, I found a couple acres near Savannah park to me. That's where they are Mm -hmm. at this house with a couple acres near Savannah park. And he has, is saying for her, he's doing her narration to her for her. Of like, I had a house while you were gone. Like, you know, and the house with silver shutters and a driveway laid in marble. I mean, that it doesn't make any sense. But like, <laughs> and a miles of space. And I tried to believe I was better without you and I was safer alone. And it, it kind of reverts back onto him. And then she picks up with his narration saying, I had a trip while you were gone. And she's just sort of speculating a week after, you know, I cashed in all my savings and bought her El Dorado and drove to Tennessee. It's just this sort of like imagery of oh. like, where were you? Like, what were you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh the thing I don't like about that is that she then takes him back. <laughs> the poetic, li- I love the poetry of it. I don't like that she's just like, no, I, I did it all for you. Like I did it all for, you know, you know what I mean? Like it I, doesn't. I think I've never really thought about it. Like one leaves the other. It's like they, 
it ends. Mm-hmm. It's like the the this isn't working and we go. And I, I think it's really interesting that we think about her singing his journey and right. him singing her journey. I think that's a really great choice. But it, it has the, the like the yeah. So like I say, I get unsatisfied with that because of the fact that then she takes him back when he comes back, which I find to be a kind of bad trope. But if you go the other way, it's interesting to me if she left mm-hmm. and, you know, it, she cast on, she's telling the truth. I cashed in all my savings and bought an Eldorado and drove to, t- like, I'm just telling you the truth. Drove across the country and stopped in lots of diners and, and whatever. And then, and I was finally free, but then I came back, you know? Yeah. And it's that like, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it and maybe it could just be it's two people coming back together. There's just there's a there's something in the music. There's a longing in the music mm-hmm. that makes me feel like this isn't so straightforward. That it isn't. I'm unsatisfied with the staging of it. That is just two people have found each other and they're back together. Yeah. That or that that's reality. That maybe it's more that like this is them separately, wishing that this is something they could say to the other person, but they can't. Mm. There's just some deep longing and melancholy in this music. Yes, that, and maybe it's because, as I've been told, I I hate happy endings. But like, <laughs> it is the sort of sense of like, it it, it 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 makes a lot of sense at the end of the show to have something go right for somebody and yeah. like to have it nicely tied up in this like this this one relationship comes together i don't know it just feels wrong maybe it's because nothing else goes right in this show yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and i'm sort of un- unwilling to accept that in this one two people actually do come together the two people who are kind of on the same page made the same choice and found their way back to each other and now but here you are and, and maybe it's because i don't the like pianist him twinkle like maybe that's the the thing of it because we've talked about oh. man two songs already. Maybe it is the fact that like the guy who sang the river won't flow, she cries. The world was dancing. Like screw you, dude. I don't want you to get anything when this show's over. I one hundred and ten thousand percent take this song out of context of that. Dude. <laughs> this like, is woman one song. This is her song. You are not here. <laughs> and I just don't think about him. I think I just like <laughs> nicely pull this song out and go. This is for me because I. <laughs> Don't, I agree with you. I don't like him. I think he is. Oh, it's so hard to be a man, and I'm so stuck, and I'm so lost, and pity me because I'm lost. And I'm going. I could not care less if I tried. Yeah. But which I is another reason I like song. her. I do too. Like 100 love the yeah. song. It's another reason I like her leaving, is because then at least mm-hmm. he got left. And like, and he did these things. He went and bought a house, and he tried to believe like, no, no, it's fine. Like she left whatever mm-hmm. i'm fine and he's not fine and i like the vulnerability of that because it is something his character has never shown, shown. he's ne- we've never seen his we've never seen him admit his vulnerability we've seen his vulnerability but we've never seen him be like no i need you and his vulnerability seems like a very striking vulnerability like he lashes out at people yeah it's like i'm vulnerable with amy and so in uh the world was dancing dancing, so i'm not really gonna tell her everything that's going on with me and then blindside her well and he doesn't really but he doesn't like her like there's that which is also again a very genuine thing that i like seeing represented on stage of two people who are in a committed relationship and one of them doesn't like the other person which is something i see in real life in real life 
a lot. Yeah. And two people who are simply together because that's who we are. We're a couple. And I I like that representation, but like I'm not gonna like that guy. You yeah. know, like and I'm not supposed to. I don't think we're supposed to like the guy in The World Was Dancing. I don't think that JRB is asking us to like him. But again, that's why I don't want him to have a catharsis. This incredible, like homecoming, right. romantic swelling also, to, song. Also, to be united with a character who I really like. Yeah, who's kind of a baller. Yeah, who's like, I'm gonna do this thing. Even she though doesn't it's not need the him. Thing. <laughs> I know, you don't need <laughs> you him. Don't need Get it. back in that El Dorado. You don't deserve her. Get I, the hell out of there. One. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep, absolute agree. Agree it's, that he does yeah. not deserve her, but so I just don't think about it like it's him. I like to think about it like it's somebody else. <laughs> so it's her song. I mean, but it's you kind of can, you can do that because without that, let's see. So he has "River Won't Flow," "She Cries," "World Was Dancing." Now that's only three. I was gonna say I thought he had four songs without her, but he doesn't, because um, she has three songs without him. So mm-hmm. this is their song. Okay. They well, both get to four with. They this both get song. to four with this song. All right, fine. But uh, <laughs> he just, he doesn't, he doesn't interest me. And I think he doesn't interest I, me because I know him. I will say, yes. But I also will say he's never interested me. There's a certain crop of, of characters in shows who lately have come to disinterest me. Oh, that's interesting. That were like, oh, you're a garbage person. Like, I'm now like, oh, I, I now have a better understanding of how the world is. And you're a garbage human. Sorry. Yeah. Like, uh, I my mistake. Um like uh, uh, Albert and Bye Bye Birdie is an excellent example. But um, okay, he's a garbage. Oh, he's a garbage person. He's a hundred percent a garbage man. Uh, not a garbage man. Those are great people. Um, <laughs> they do a very necessary they do. service. Yes, they have, God bless you. And I wish you were paid more because I don't want to do it. But uh, he is a character who I've always found to be super whiny. And a lot of complaints I've heard about Jamie. I'm just like, I think you're actually talking about this guy, <laughs> like, because Jamie in last five years. Has a lot, there's a lot with Jamie. a lot with, no, Jamie. with Jamie. There's a lot with Jamie. Have but you I, done last five years on this podcast? I have done okay. the last five years on this podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, I could talk about that endlessly, so let's not get started. But <laughs> I'm going to say one thing, and you can respond. Please do. But, like, Jamie to me is, there's a lot in the text to give Jamie dimension. Jamie gets a lot of, uh, a very bad stick because he does commit an unforgivable sin in the context of the show. Mm-hmm. However, and I'm not going to excuse his actions because they are inexcusable, but I feel like if you look at Jamie and his perspective on the world and also specifically his perspective of Kathy, what he says at the end is, I could never rescue you, all you ever wanted. You understand how fundamentally he does not understand Kathy, who overtly says in an earlier song, I will not be the girl stuck at home in the burp, who requires a man to survive. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's like she does not want him to save her. Very much so doesn't want that. And you see the fundamental flaw in that relationship. Uh, so there's a lot going on with Jamie with what he wants from, from his partner and what he thinks his partner wants from him that drives him. And also you see a lot in Kathy's inability to communicate her feelings that would drive him emotionally elsewhere. I am not excusing what he did by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that it's a much more well-rounded, it's a much more rounded thing because it's a relationship. We really get into the relationship. Man 2 is a douchebag. (laughs) Because I get three songs before this Confirming that he is And all it is is like, oh, well, it's just luck. 
like I've had a bad run and it's just luck. And gosh, when women cry, like, isn't that annoying? And like, oh, I dated this girl and like, I didn't go home for my dad's reunion party. And I like, cause I'm, cause I'm just the worst. Yeah. And I always did feel like, even at 17, like, this guy's you're the, the worst. worst. <laughs> I don't. And I, and a lot of it has to do with the world was dancing, which is a song I say I, I do enjoy. But like, he makes a lot of decisions in that song that I don't. I'm just like, man. He makes decisions by being indecisive. Right. He's like, I guess I'm with Amy. Right. And like, I just don't want to be my dad. So I guess I'm going to continue doing the thing that is the easy thing to do. And then all of a sudden he has this crisis of self, but just tramples on people in this crisis. And it's like, you should have been doing that growth when you were the age to be doing that growth and trampled on fewer people. (laughs) And I did really, I always felt, and maybe it's, it's, it's the beauty of that song is that we do actually hear woman one. So she's present. The, Mm. the, who we can assume is Amy is present in that song. And cause I always imagined that was the last thing she said to him before he left. like yes. they were getting married tomorrow. The next day. That's exactly what I see. She like and she is she singing says, those things. Yes, tomorrow will be free. My love will never be afraid. And he was like, bye. And not even bye. Because he just hits the road and never said goodbye. I think the most heartbreaking. And I always felt bad for her because you oh, God. Yeah. No, I think like the way to stage that show, if you really want to just like put that knife in between the correct ribs, mm-hmm. is if she is getting ready for their wedding. Oh, yeah. And she's like just repeating that to herself over and over again because she's scared of making this commitment, but like they're doing it together and she's so excited. And then the final moment is that she's she's ready. And, and he's, he's not, not there. there. I and he's like, jerk. and it's like, it's 19, like it's 1970, whatever, 1980, early eighties. I mean, you can dip if you want to dip and like not come back. Yeah. You can go away. Especially if she doesn't know his family that well, which right. it sounds like. But even like the, really he could leave her. them. Like he doesn't seem that connected with them and either. Like it really, you know, and his dismissiveness. The other thing that drove me nuts about him as a character is the first thing we learn about him when he sings. Daddy bought a store out in Pittsburgh. And he called his boss and quit And we tried to convince him the risk was too much But he still was convinced of his own Midas touch So he bought this piece of shit That is so dismissive Yeah Of somebody taking Like you're right I, I don't Big risk. See, big risk. And I don't see anything wrong with the fa- First of all, you're 17. Shut up. <laughs> but like I get if your mom is saying that And yeah. you're like on her side Like are we, what are we doing here? But also, like, he, it doesn't, I, yeah. Yeah. He's the worst. He's Mantu's the worst. the worst. And I've always. Jamie's not the worst. Mantu's with, the worst. With Different shows. I don't care. With the last five years, I've always thought it would be really interesting to do um, same-sex couples. Like, have mm-hmm. two women do the last five years. Sure. And two men do the last five years and see if it, if it changes, if it's, if it becomes less about, like, gender roles and gender expectations and actually just becomes about personality traits and lack of listening i'm like is it i think those themes would come more to the fore yes if you took gender out of it gender out of it i think yes but i think that the two characters i think they're strong enough to survive the switch they are i think jamie could be a woman when they i mean you could flip them i think you could very overtly make jamie a woman and kathy a man Mm -hmm. uh and you know name names aside jamie is such a gender neutral name obviously kathy isn't but uh, who cares You, you it doesn't really you could make do any it. difference. You can do it. I don't think you could make him a woman. I don't think. Really? I, or not, 
not Jamie, man. Oh, man, man two. Man two, man, rather. Man two. Man two, because man one is. I think you can do anything. I don't think it would change anything. True. I still think, I think if it's a woman or it's a man, I hate this person. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what I mean. I think man two I, is I don't just... think, if I, if I can rephrase go, go, to make go, sure go. that we're on the same page. Yeah, what I think yeah. you're saying about the last five years is that. That switch might actually enhance the intended themes because when you remove traditional gender roles from it, the issues of communication, which I think is really what the show's about, become more stark. Yes. Because we're not hung up on the fact that this dude is the worst because he cheated on her and she's not well drawn because she doesn't do anything and isn't that stereotypical. Whereas with this character, with Man 2, he's the worst no matter what. And actually, I think he's the worst in a very traditional man way. That's what I mean. Yeah. That like man two is so the fragile white man who feels lost and doesn't matter how many people are hurt in his lostness. And I think that, yeah, you could make it a woman, but I really can't imagine a woman singing a song about how weird it is that women cry because that right. woman would be like, I do it too. Like I may be yeah. the most. In it's interesting. I mean, it's an interesting it adds a level to that song that's kind of a, it, it, but it becomes a thought experiment. It doesn't yeah. have anything to say about relationships as the whole, which is, again, not the point. I think that's it, the interesting thing about how this show has aged, though, is that he he's the worst. Yeah, he's the worst. But that has only become more apparent. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's written to be sympathized with explicitly. I don't think he's held up as any kind of interesting poetical isn't no. it a troubled man kind of Aaron Sorkin issue we have with some of these characters yeah. that don't age super well he just is who he is and because it's a song cycle and not a book show you can can you can evolve the performance to match the times and the words don't have to change which is a strength mm-hmm. uh and whatever JRB's intentions were when he wrote it when he thought oh god isn't this guy like deep and yeah, heavy and so deep. interesting yeah, man right. struggle it, but it is now just evolved into god isn't this guy the worst and the, the show worst. doesn't change and it just keeps it holds yeah. on to its same position and it, that's fine the show can remain completely intact unlike in a more traditional book musical like a character like Albert from Private Birdie where you sit there and watch the show and be like oh you're terrible so now the show doesn't work right so now the show doesn't work anymore because I hate you and I hate her for being with you yeah and I hate everyone and just stop it just stop 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 why are we still <laughs> and that girl's in high school show. I don't Terry I don't know <laughs> I don't like that show I find that it enforces <laughs> nothing that is positive in terms of the educating of our young people and yet and yet do I know so many people who did it in high school? I did yes. it in high school. Yeah, yeah. 20 years ago? Sure. Chris got a Cappy's nomination for playing, what's his name? Had... Harry McAvee? No. Oh, the, no, the, the boy? The, the one, uh, hello, Mrs. Mill. Harvey yeah, yeah. Johnson. <laughs> like, everybody does it. My poor flippin' student is doing it back to back with the women. God help her. Right. Well, but it is the problem of we view Rosie in Bye Bye Birdie as a liberated character right yeah and she is for 1962 yeah she's like the most liberated character ever in 1962 isn't that the worst like (laughs) (laughs) oh good for her you know like it's that's terrible because she is still it is still at the end of the day essentially a sitcom about this guy who can't get over the fact of over his overbearing mother Mm -hmm. to deal with his 
this woman who has been with him for eight years for no reason. No reason. And she wants him to be an English teacher? I know. What? <laughs> his show has one astonishingly good joke in it, which is him for a Sunday evening. And other than that, it, yeah, kill it with fire. Yeah, it I don't just... I don't care. It should go away. I really like there's a lot of shows like that that have just outlived their very usefulness. And that was that was the interesting thing about reinvestigating this show is mm. it it had been a very long time since I had listened to this in full. And it's twenty years old. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's not that new. Right. No. It, it was on my sweet, sweet two thousand and five iPod, right. which has sat untouched in a corner of my bedroom for an exceedingly long amount of time. Say, probably at least ten years. Oh yeah. And so <laughs> I was I thought to myself, I am going to listen and I'm going to listen to it all clean. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna double back. I'm not going to skip, especially because some of the ones that I was intentionally skipping, I was like, I probably haven't actually listened to this in 15 years, so I really do need to listen to it. And yeah, Man 2 is the worst. Yeah. And I feel like Man 1 and Woman 2, I wish they had more choices and I wish they sang about bigger choices that didn't feel as oppressive. But man, the songs that hit still oh, great. hit they Absolutely great. hit like the baseball clicks and goes out of the park mm-hmm. like just crying i was listening to the flag maker this morning driving to teach and it it came on i'm about mm. to walk into the building and i'm like oh god <laughs> like pulling myself together to go in because it still wrecks me king of the world is still great i'm not afraid of anything still Great. Destroys me. I'd give it all for you. I still love yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love. I I think a lot of my problems with it stem from the fact that I, by the time we get to it, I don't I don't like this guy. You don't like enough. him anymore. Yeah, but like standalone, hundred percent. So good. Yeah, sing it, sing it all day. It is. It's also a song that's. It it shows a lot of maturity, I think, in its forward momentum towards not only a new world but its eventual adoption of children as the new world. Because mm-hmm. basically, here my song is a lullaby to an unseen baby yeah virtually and it is this idea of sending these songs into the future and seeing if they're worth anything sending all this forward like there's a sort of an interesting scope yeah that here my song has which i think um, i would bet is written specifically for this for the show and or at least finished for this show like rewritten substantially for this show so there's a long lens kind of wisdom to it that I think informs a lot of his better work that his ability to sort of look, look big at something and be like, yeah, like this is, there's a future, there's something here that I'm reaching towards and and we'll see exactly what that is. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting experiment with form. I mean, yeah. the idea that he sort of says, well, to hell with it. This is just what this thing is. Right. It's, it's not a review. It's not exactly a cycle, but, but it's, it's kind a of a cycle, right. but it's kind of a show. It's a little bit of everything, and it's sort of unapologetically what yep. it is. And it's specific, and it's vague, and it's all those things at once. And I think it lives be- because it is it, the songs are good enough to survive that. Yeah. That's, that, that's the real sort of secret of it, is that the songs are actually good enough that you don't care, that it's not, it's kind of tracking, but it's not quite tracking. Yeah. And, yeah, they're all kind of on a theme, but maybe these four songs aren't on that same theme. Yeah. But percentage-wise, that's not that many, yeah. so that's okay. Just, and, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, that we've still got a hundred hours of singing that we can be listening to, and pages and How pages and pages of score. How long is this album? Score. Hang on. It does fit on one. It's an hour and 17 minutes. It almost doesn't fit on a CD. God, it's so these long. These songs are so long. I mean, God bless. These songs are, like, 
and I, it's my ultimate problem when you come back to the last five years for a second with the Shmuel song is that it's seven minutes long. Yeah. And I'm just like, I know I've gone on a journey with that song where like that was my favorite <laughs> song in the show. Then I would never listen to it. I've kind of come to this like equilibrium. Like it's a really good song and I don't need to hear it ever again. Like, Every- and I will. But if it comes up, like if somebody decided like I'm at a cabaret and somebody's like, I'm doing the Shmuel song. I'm like, all right, fine. Like no big deal. Yeah, I'll strap it. I'm I'll here strap, for I'll it. I'll be here. Like whatever. I'll sit. I'll settle down. You going to cut verse three because verse three goes on for a while. Anyway, here we are. <laughs> if it came up in karaoke, I would go get a drink. Uh, How long is their wedding song? It, it's long but deserves to be that long. Yeah, it's like as long as the Shmuel song, which is one dude singing about this tailor. Right, from Blumenbridge. Yeah, no, he writes, he writes long songs. He writes... He does. Oh, yeah. And that's, again, fine. Like, yeah. That's totally fine. But it is really funny that the songs go on forever and ever at a day. 16 songs. 77 minutes worth of music. Jesus. And, uh, and that's it. I mean, that's the sh- well, Plus these transitions, which I don't quite know what they are. But no, no. Um, they are, you know, that's it. Like the reason the transitions aren't on the album is because it doesn't fit. <laughs> CD can handle Cut 80 it. minutes tops. And that, like, well, sorry. Like a producer in the corner smoking a cigarette. And like, I wonder. got to go. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> because like, take that, can you take that tempo like a little faster? Because it does not fit. Uh, what's your favorite song? Flagmaker. Yeah. That didn't even hesitate. Uh, it I, yeah. it wrecks me. I get you. King And I, I would... Uh, uh, yes, it's a really, really good song. And I would say King of the World is... Well, Great song. If I haven't made it clear, it's absolutely <laughs> my favorite song. But I will say, like, the song that... I, I think, actually, the best song in the show is, uh, for my money, is I'm Not Afraid of Anything. It's the one... I get these things as a as a writer where I am mad that that's not mine. Mm, where I mm-hmm. see a joke or I see a thing and I'm like, oh shit, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's stupid good. And you just like, and it and it's so obvious and it's so clear. You're just like, damn, damn it. All right, fine, moving on. And that is how I feel about I'm not afraid of anything. Where I'm just like, oh, that's beautiful. That's a great character. That's a great circumstance. It's beautifully presented and it's universal and simple. And so yeah, those are the. Yeah, it's a great album. There's no question about it. It's it's a really great show. I imagine. I haven't seen it, but I, it's a really great album. So what do you have coming up for people that, that they can come see? You have, is it a Patreon, a Kickstarter? I have a Kickstarter. Kickstarter. What is your Kickstarter? Yeah, so we are taking Marks and Soho to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And right now we have a Kickstarter that, oh man, if this is out in late March, uh, that Kickstarter will finish on April 1st. Oh, and God love right. a Kickstarter. We got to make it to get it. Yes, so you do. throw us money. That's sure. a massive How project. How much are you trying to raise? 5500 Okay. Yeah, which is not all that we will need, but that's no, the amount that's that will goal. secure the venue. Like sure. if we get, it's the amount of money that if we get it, we can probably do it. Sure. We would only have a tiny bit left it's, to it's hit the, like the bare minimum. Right. Yeah. Just search for Marks and Soho on Kickstarter and you'll find it. <laughs> I will also, if you are not yet. I will put a link. I will put a link in the description to it uh, so you can get right to it. But I, we just tried to look up the URL and it's uh, like slash project slash one three nine zero eight six zero four 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 nine nine slash Marks dash in dash Soho question mark. And, you know, ref new search result. But yes, yeah, so screw all that. Just Marks and Soho. Mark's like the like the like the Groucho Soho like <laughs> south of Houston and uh, on Kickstarter and help send this show 
to Edinburgh. Yeah. Yes. We're super oh, that is quite a picture of you. Flipping exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's me. What I loved about doing this show was I would tell people I was doing a one person show about Karl Marx and they'd go, well, what are you doing for it? And I'd say, I'm acting. Karl Marx. And then I could see them formulate <laughs> the question of, so it's a show about Karl Marx, but not with Karl Marx. And then I would always chop them off isn't and go, no, I am play. I am Karl Marx. That's so silly. Doing the dude. Well, I think it's, I think we are the first company to do it with a woman. Howard Zinn wrote right. it for a man of color. Right. And then a lot of white men did it. How exciting. And then. <laughs> Is this what you're Helen Hayes nominated for? That was what I was Helen Hayes nominated for last year. Last year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This year you're nominated for. For 45 plays for 45 presidents, right. which I did at Next Stop and for Melancholy Play. Right. Which was at Constellation. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. You're, you're a BFD. Um <laughs> But yeah, but it is it is always funny to me that when you're like I'm in a one person show about Karl Marx and like people are like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> Which would be my reaction like, "Sure. Yeah. You know, Instead you're a like, performer, you're an actor, did, uh, you act in things. Did, That's kind of what you do." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand. Uh Anyway, yeah, no, that's really cool. So go to the Kickstarter. The link's in the description to help to help send to send this production to Edinburgh. And we'll do some performances around here as well, which is great. Oh, good. Because when we did it in 2017, it was only a 30-seat right. house. So right. a lot of people wanted to see it and couldn't make it happen. And so hopefully you'll have a chance to do it again this spring. There's a video on the Kickstarter. Go mm -hmm. check it out. And an awesome picture of Mary. Yeah, those <laughs> pictures I, are. I might just include in the social media for the show because that's yeah. Oh, there's the one of you holding Stalin. Yeah, that All these picture. Pictures I look so upset. Uh, Tori <laughs> Booten, man, took great shots. Did. I love those pictures. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on my Facebook. I am just Mary Myers. I will soon have a website that is under construction, um, and I will tell you what that name is because presumably Mary Myers. I love my name, but it's not unique. So oh, I'm okay. Sure. So you haven't secured the URL yet? No, I not yet. You. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Mary. Thanks for having so me. This great was an to talk absolute to you about this blast. Show. It was a really lovely show to revisit. High School Mary <laughs> says, thanks. <laughs> and I'm ready for Jason Robert Brown. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. Thanks to Mary Myers for coming down and talking to me today. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. <laughs>